Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, and the Star Tribune's Mark Craig. We're back here for another week of analyzing madness. If I seem a little logy, it's because I can't take the Vikings anymore. 29 to nothing with, well, two minutes left in the game. And they they end up, well, they, you know, like, some people said they were going to give up the lead. Well, they didn't because they won 36 to 28. So they never gave up that 29 point lead. Had they done so, they would have, uh, it would have been an NFL record. But, uh, you know, they pulled it out just like we always knew they would, right, Mark? Yeah. Would you, uh, would you feel differently if they were down 29 nothing and they came back and won that game? I think so. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, like you, Zimmer focused a little more on that second half. Uh, um, when he when he met with us the day after, I think he had zero sleep. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's. I mean we're joking about it in the press box. It's like at what limit, at what point can you say that you're safe with the Vikings? We're laughing. Twenty six nothing, twenty three nothing at halftime. We're you know we're even with the Vikings. We we're feeling that's comfortable. Uh, and then of course it you know we were one uh, Harrison Smith strip away from uh, having everything that we were writing just completely turned upside down. Of course they would have had to get the two point conversion, but. I think we all know they would have gotten it if they would have scored there. It's like you guys were like, you know, I, I covered the Twins in uh, for one season. That was enough because uh, because of what you just described. You know, you're sitting yeah. there, you've got your lead written, and you're ready to, you know, and it's the bottom of the ninth, and somebody hits a walk-off home run, throw it out and start over. That doesn't happen that often in football, but this season it must be a little bit nuts for you guys. Well, it's it's crazy for this team because it's been basically every week. Uh, but you know, you look around the league. I mean, on Sunday, watching those games, a lot of leads got blown. You know, Tampa Bay, the best, you know, the, the defending champions are up twenty-four to three. They got to go to overtime. Forty uh, ers blow a fourteen nothing lead in the fourth quarter. Browns are up seventeen, eighteen nothing. Cowboys are up eighteen to nothing, and it comes down to the end. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, Granted, the Vikings have taken it to the extreme uh, by twenty-nine to nothing, and it's and not only was it twenty-nine to nothing, it's twenty-nine to nothing like in late third quarter or you yeah, know whatever it was. Left. So when they scored, two minutes left. Yeah. they actually got the balls about six minutes left in the third quarter. Steelers did and, and made that drive and scored with two minutes left in the third quarter, and yeah. They almost kicked it away. I, I was going to ask you this question later, but I'll ask it now. Is is there is is there a lack of leadership on the field for the reason why these guys can't hold the lead? I mean, I think uh, now, you know, you just mentioned other, other places, but this happens so often, you know, if usually if you've got a really strong leader, there's someone you can look to. I like if, if uh, you're, you're always looking to Aaron Rodgers is going to pull your tail out of the fire, you know, or something, or somebody's going to do something, but um, the Vikings don't, you know, they, they have leaders, but they're all quiet leaders. And, and I'm going to talk about Harrison Smith in a minute, but is, is do you think that's, that's a possibility? Because the, how does this keep happening? It, it's just uncanny. Well, yeah. I think, I think, I think what's happening right now is even Zimmer alluded or mentioned it. He goes, he, I got that. Oh no, here we go again. Feeling the head coach gets that feeling. The coach has got that feeling. The players had that feeling. The Steelers had that feeling. And all of us had that feeling, and it just it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy or whatever, where they get tight, the other team gets a little more aggressive. Um, there's a lot of, like Zimmer had re- referred to on Friday, a lot of misalignments and different things that they didn't that they didn't do right. Uh, there's Boyd making a boneheaded play at, or penalty at, at, at the right where at that right where the game started to go. Uh oh, yes. you know, was yep. was. Uh, I think was the there's a third there was third and two a couple plays before that. Najee Harris is behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to be dropped for a loss. He dances all over the place, gets the first down. Roethlisberger hits a 28 yard pass, and then Boyd, who makes a good play, he does exactly. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the taunting penalties, but when they put it in, this is exactly the reason they put it in. They didn't want guys standing over a fallen player jawing and looking down and, and everything he did is textbook what they're trying to get out of the game when they put this rule in. So it's not like one of those where, well, he, he got screwed or whatever. 
he did exactly what they're saying not to do at the, at, a, at a bad time. And then it just got just like every step of the way. I was like, Oh man, yeah. this, they could, could, they couldn't get it. Couldn't get yeah. it right until Kirk threw that, I, you know, that touch. He doesn't get enough credit for that touchdown pass. He threw to, uh, yeah. to KJ Osborne at, at that point in the game. Only that one was of three terrible. receptions in the second half. though. Well, that's a good one to have. That's a good one to have. That's yes, it is. No, you, I, you know, that was a pivotal play. You're right. It would, it would have been third and 12 after Boyd makes that play. And then he, he walks over him, has to say something or flex or something. And suddenly it's first and 10 at the Vikings 22, you know, and then it all happens. You know, two plays after that touchdown, Kirk, Kirk gets picked, which is, you know, was a great play by their defense and, and the game changes. And, and then the Steelers start making 50-50 catches all over the field, Claypool and what have you. It just it snowballed from there, and it's like, I, you know, you saw you saw what's his name, uh, fair, uh, fifty-five Anthony Barr, give a shove to Boyd, say, "What the heck are you doing?" You know, and and I don't know if that's leadership, but it was to some degree. But it's like nobody can pull their 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 bacon out of the fire here, and and uh, it's 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 crazy how this team snowballs. Zimmer had a great quote. I don't know when it was, but he said the team that played in the first half could beat anybody in the league and the team in the second half could be beat by anybody in the league. You know, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And they've had a few of those games. Um, there was a point in that Cardinals game where they could have beaten the Cardinals or anybody in the, in the league. Uh, they beat the Packers. I mean, they, there's a point in that game or points in that game where, you know, they're the better team and they held on. It wasn't like, you know, like when the Bears went up on the Packers on Sunday night, it's the Packers taking them lightly. They know they're going to win. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, boy, we have halftime. We better get going. And then they they, they drop the hammer. Uh, they couldn't do that to the Vikings because of how, you know, how the Vikings were playing. Yeah. You know, it, just another point on leadership, you know, Tom Brady, you brought that, that, that point up about uh, they were down, they were up 24-3 and then had to go to overtime. He's the guy that's going to, you know, corral the team and say, okay, let's settle down here and let's, you know, go get this and quit screwing around. And of course he did. So I, I, I just, yeah, uh, yeah. God only made one of him. <laughs> and they broke the mold. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he has an ability. I mean, by going, you know, uh, to Tampa, I mean, of course he, he did, didn't go to a bad team, but to go there and to will them basically will, they were seven and five at, at one point uh, last year. And, you know they, they've gotten a, a head start on it this year. Now they got to finish it out. But uh, yeah, he just wills people. And plus, it just obviously what he can do, and he and he can he sees everything. So uh, yeah, if you're if you're wanting someone to be, else to be him, and good luck. Yeah, right. Well, just want to run down a few uh, headlines here from from the uh, game, which was already a long time ago. It was last Thursday night, but uh, uh, it was uh, dramatic. I I I was. My gut was churning to see this possibly happen again as they were driving. Because, like you said, you knew if they scored, uh, they were going to make the two point thing, two point uh, conversion, and to go to overtime and win it in overtime. The Steelers, so you know it was yeah, just 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 like we all knew at Detroit uh, when they line up for that fourth down. I mean, is there anybody that follows this team that didn't think Jared Goff? I mean, was going to throw that? I mean, he's going to throw that. He was going to find someone and. You know, the uh, dancer made it easy for him, but, uh, yeah, it's just you knew it was going to happen. How bad does that loss look right now? Oh, man. Um, Harrison Smith, you know, I, the, the rumors of his uh, demise were greatly exaggerated. You know, uh, I saw somebody, uh, he had a number of big plays, and, of course, the biggest one at the end of the game. But uh, Eric Thompson, uh, uh, who I follow on Vikings Twitter out there, in the Twitter sphere, he said uh, – Someone needs that, or I, he just said that uh, I was going to ask you, and I'm taking this quote from him. Someone needs to ask uh, what it's like to tackle a refrigerator when he <laughs> when he sacked Big Ben. I mean, he came up from behind, and he looked like almost a little kid behind him. You know, it wasn't that bad, but he he was so much. He, he it's like he had to knock over a refrigerator to uh, to get him down. But boy, yeah, that that, that looked. That looked like he looked like an antique refrigerator, like maybe a little. I was an ice box, not an not a refrigerator. Um, yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger took a beating in that. You know, four sacks in the first half, five in the. You had a great quote. You had a great yeah. quote on t- Twitter. You said that 
gonna have to he might might consider moving his his retirement up to halftime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, you know, and, and getting back to Harrison, it was uh, Harrison does this all the time, but a lot of a lot of deception. He's gotten a lot of credit for here in the last couple of days, the deceptions that that he was doing. So uh, and Zimmer, you know, that first half, you talk about calling some good good calls. Right. Uh, you know, like not only did Harrison have the blitz, but there was the one where. Um, uh, he shows blitz. He, he one of the many times where he drops way back r- real quick. Uh, Roethlisberger gets, and though the offensive line gets confused by that, and that they send Kendricks and uh, Mackenzie Alexander up the middle, and Kendricks gets him easy. I mean, he was a sitting duck in that first in that first half. And there was another situation where uh, Zimmer showed uh, it was the early third quarter where Zimmer shows the double A gap, which he's known for. Uh, both Barr and Kendricks drop. The offensive line, you know, and this helps when you only play play these teams only you know, once every four years. Uh, they drop back, and uh, uh, Richardson comes unblocked at left end, unblocked in a four man rush, and sacks Roethlisberger. So there was a lot of not only were the Vikings over outplaying them emotionally, but there was also a lot of uh, Zimmer was winning the chess match there for the first uh, forty. What, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I think he called uh, almost a perfect game in that first half, Zimmer did. And, and uh, you know, things went uh, sideways in, in the second half. But, man, oh, man, everything, the offense did, work, you know, worked. It was it was something to behold. I mean, I think we were a little bit shocked. At, you know, all kinds of reasons coming up. Like, they, uh, Steelers came off an emotional win against uh, Baltimore at home last minute. Pretty exciting, and and you know they got to turn around. I mean, three days later, and and uh, play on Thursday night and travel. So it's always a little bit of them. But then they they woke up, and uh, uh, second half started, and you're just going, what's going on here? Because in any other season, this would you know not seem natural, but this year, you know, it, it's it's like you know you know they're going to respond, and you know the Vikings are going to crumble a little bit. You know they're they're you know they're going to reel from what's what's happening to them, and both on offense and defense. I don't know. Um, Justin Jefferson uh, got a lot of attention without Adam Thielen in there, and he played okay, but he had a few drops, and there were a couple connections that he and uh, Kirk had that boy they could have had a couple more touchdowns if if they didn't miss by much. You know the Steelers put a rush on Kirk, and he had to get the ball out. But uh, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Jefferson's play on on last Thursday night? I mean, he's he's an amazing player. Um, you know, I think um, you know, Kirk and Kirk was off. You know, this is like three games in a row now. Where Kirk Kirk was a little bit off. He, he missed a wide open Jefferson one point. Yep. But that being said, as great as Jefferson is, you we got to hold him to a little bit higher standard. Uh, and there were some drops that he had. He dropped a touchdown pass. I I call it a drop, especially for a player of his caliber early in the game. Uh, third and one. Uh, Kirk ends up getting the fourth down on a sneak late in the game, later in the game. But, you know, Jefferson drops that. I think the touchdown or the, where they, when they had to settle for the field goal to make it 29, nothing. I think Kirk is expecting Jefferson to, to run a little, to be a little bit more outside the receiver there. Uh, so he's kind of, maybe it's a combination, maybe not the best throw, but also maybe not the best route on Jefferson's part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the attention that he's getting and, and the fact that he's still producing at this level and, you know, uh, and they're a little bit off, you know, they're out. It's, you know, Kurt's a little bit off, but also Jefferson could be a little better in some situation. Yeah, I would agree. Do you think, you know, uh, as they head, head forward here, they're going to need feeling back. And I don't know if you've heard anything on how he's doing yet, but uh, um, do you, do you, how do you think things change? Because these past two games without him, uh, uh, Jefferson has really blossomed. You know, he's got a lot, the got a lot of the attention, and he's made the most of it. Now, he hasn't always played the best defensive uh, secondaries in those games, but boy, he's uh, uh, it's almost like he becomes a Cooper Cup here, where you got to throw him the ball, give him all these targets because he's he's always open or something. Well, how, do you do you see that dynamic changing, or we, d- they definitely need Thielen back, don't they? For this, well, well, for sure. I mean, like you know, Thielen last year was the best receiver in the red zone. And that, you know, when they get down there and they settle for that field goal for 29, nothing, maybe, you know, you put Thielen in that, in the mix with that secondary, maybe, you know, 
Thielen's open. Uh, it doesn't hurt. I mean, uh, Adam Thielen doesn't is not going to hurt Jefferson. I don't. <laughs> they feed off each other. The point is to win the game, not to pad stats. Um, uh, KJ Osborne, uh, you know, to think back to training camp. If if Chad Beebe doesn't get hurt, if Ola BC Johnson doesn't get hurt, we don't. You know, KJ Osborne might not even be doing what he's doing. So, right. you know, that guy that guy is uh, one heck of a third receiver right now. I think, and he steps up. Uh, now, granted, uh, there was the, the inter- his Kirk's second interception. Uh, KJ needs to finish that slant because Kirk's thrown to a spot as a timing play. Right. Uh, Steelers also made a great jump. They knew the play was coming. Uh, but that's an interception where, you know, you got to put some context to some of these interceptions. And granted, yeah. Kirk's only thrown four or five of them. Uh, but, like, the first interception that he threw, I we initially thought it went off of Jefferson's hands. But um, Devin Bush got his hand on it, uh, fingertips on it. But my question there is not so much – uh, what Kirk's doing, but it's like, why it, at that point it's 29, seven, you got 17 minutes left in the game. You're running the ball all over them. You know, why are you throwing in that situation? It's a first down Steelers had just yeah. scored. Come on. You know, it's Dalvin KG Cook in that situation. KJ did trip to him in his defense. He kind of stumbled. That's why, uh, isn't that, isn't that the, that interception? Well, he stumbled and the and well, that's the second interception. The, the oh. first interception is when he throws into into. It's a good throw. It's in. There's three Steelers right around Jefferson. You know, uh, one of the Steelers gets a fingertip on it, which alters it. Yeah. And Jefferson doesn't catch it. But to me, it's like in that situation, first down, first play after the Steelers score to make it twenty nine seven. You're running all over them. You run the ball there, and you just don't throw it on first down and. Um, so, you know, Kirk, Kirk didn't have the best – obviously didn't have the best second half, but he's making plays. Uh, that touchdown pass to Osborne cannot be, you know, uh, can't be enough weight put on that, what he did in that situation to, you know. It was a dime. That's, that's what that was like, oh, you know, they're going to lose. And he yeah. puts them back up by two scores and they hold on. It was huge. I am bearing the lead here a little bit, though, because I needed a wide palette here to discuss this next guy. Dalvin Cook, my goodness, what a performance. The guy comes off a separated shoulder or a torn labrum and says, strap it up, I'm going to go play. You love to hear that stuff, and I'm, I'm sure your teammates are fired up for something like that. And, and the, the, the blocking he got was phenomenal, but he was, he was something else in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tremendous. Hats off to him. Uh, I <laughs> – I never thought, and I thought they were just playing games with the injury with the injury report. I thought that you know they're saying, okay, it's limited, limited. He wasn't going to play. Well, after watching the Steelers, you know, play, I mean, they came in with the worst run defense in the league. They were giving up almost five yards of carry, and you figure they're like you said, they're playing them. Just played an emotional game against Baltimore. It's a short week. They're traveling. I could see why Dalvin Cook wanted to play because yeah. the. I mean, at one point he had 117 yards on seven carries. I mean, it was like 16, 17 yard average. I mean, boom, it's it's 30 yards. Boom, it's 20 yards, uh, 29 yard touchdown. Uh, the, his first carry of the game, Cleveland pulls from left guard, kicks out. You know, it's like a high school, like a like you draw it up in high school in your ninth grade play. Here, here's our bed and butter play, and they executed it perfectly. O'Neal blocks down, and there's a hole, you know, the size of a truck that you could just walk through. Uh, you know, he gets, I think, 20 or 30 yards on that carry. Uh, now, he's a great back, but there's a lot of backs that could have gotten 200 yards on the way that, A, the Vikings executed, and, B, Pittsburgh was atrocious on the run, against the run. I mean, it was that was as one of the most embarrassing run defensive performances you're ever going to see right up there with what the Vikings had to deal with in New Orleans last year. Some of those holes were big enough that you and I could have gone through them side by side, sharing a, a six pack of Mankato beer as we were going through it. Oh, uh, there you go. 1936. You, that's your first reference. There, go. there we go. That's that's, but that was a creative one. It's not right? the record. That's a good no. one. We, uh, we would have got, let's see, Dalvin got 30. We could have got at least three. <laughs> um, Let's see. You know, there's, there's, there's the knucklehead factor I have to talk about. First, uh, uh, Chase Claiborne uh, 
was a knucklehead. We got some time management that helped the Vikings out on that last drive when he had to when he had to do his first down thing after you know the clock's ticking away and somebody races over and tries to uh, 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 get the ball away from him. He gets mad. It's like, dude, you can't have that. You know that that hurt him. That probably could have had an extra play, another shot at it in the end zone. And then earlier he had the little set two with Chris uh, with Chris Boyd. Which which costs him some time. That, that guy's a good player, but uh, he's got to get his head straight, turned on straight, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean he's like a lot of these receivers, especially receivers. You know, he's immature. He's a great. He's a real good player. Um, the the penalty he got with it was Breland. He got tied up with Breland on the sideline. I, I thought it was going to be offsetting. I thought they were both were going to get it because Breland kind of gave a late. He gave kind of a late punch at the ball or something, uh, and then but we're. Claiborne put the finger in the face mask, and so he got that. Um, the other one was I didn't – I mean, these are the kind of things you wish you could – you know, the, the game was a little slower and your deadline wasn't 30 minutes away. Um, yeah, it's, it's 14 seconds that he blew it by doing the you – know, everyone's got to do that point, and, and uh, like, teammates are, are, like, trying to get the ball. Uh, 51 is, is grabbing for it, and it, it – Falls out of his hands. The kid looks like, well, what are you, what are you, what's going on? Then the tight end has to go over and get it and go set it. Um, that's where you look at, uh, of course, Larry, Larry Fitz, like Larry Fitz, yeah, I think it was 14 seconds. Uh, but like, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, of course, he's had 100 more years of, of experience, but you'd always see Larry, soon, you know, in all the different situations he's been in, he would always run over. He'd plant, he'd place it himself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, it's just a matter of this guy learning. I, a lot of these guys are kind of clueless, I think, when it comes to being aware of things around them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Breland, he, he, he had an up and down game and he was in and out of the lineup. I guess he was sick or something, but he made a great play and then he got sick and, and then they started picking on him a little bit. Uh, he's, uh, he's kind of guy we're going to have to live with him and Cam, Cam Dance. Like I said here, he's, uh, is who we thought he was. He's kind of a boomer bust player. He'll make a big play for you, Dantzler will, and then he'll uh, he'll make a bad one. You know, and, and, and part of that's the nature of the position. But uh, those two guys are obviously have that that going on. I think. Well, I think Dantzler is much more bust right now than Boom because you know uh, at Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I know he had I know he had they had to pick at Detroit. That's a nice play, but yeah, the way he played that last that last snap, which. You know, we were. I think we talked about this at the last show we had. Uh, you'd mentioned Pro Football Focus put it on Woods. Well, I called BS, uh, and I think Andre Patterson came out and said the obvious, like you know, he explained what should have happened on that. That the corner should have come up and challenged and make him go through him instead of. I mean, I, I don't know. This is these are like I'd be fascinated to gather because I have like a million examples every year of, and I and Pro Football Focus I think is good, but. Sometimes I think it's people just that's all they, you know, they, they don't know what to think until they read it at, on pro football focus the next day. And that was a case of where I would love to kind of go through someone who's, who's doing all this evaluation, break down everything and say, yeah. what about this? What about that? What about this? And that was a classic example of like, I, I don't believe it. I, I, you know, I don't know what the call was defensively, but I know that that the dancer needs to do like all the other guys did on the other, other three or four receivers and engage at the line of scrimmage. Right. Do you just stand three yards back in the in the end zone? No, I don't. That's why I think you saw Frank Woods frantically coming up, and yeah. um, that, and you that, know Woods uh, Woods was asked about it the next day or whenever he was next available. You know, and who to his credit, he just smiled and said it was a play we didn't execute. And but the look told you know told you that. Come on, guys, you know, <laughs> use your head, use your eyes. Right. That, that's a perfect example of uh, where PFF should uh, sit in on that, that deal. We sat in with Mike Zimmer, who he, he sat he sat all the media down. I might have talked about this on the show before and, and explained to him why, yeah, these numbers are good that you get from them, but they don't know everything that they're, they're talking about when they're giving out their grades because they don't know the assignments that are supposed to be, especially for offensive linemen. And this year where the assignment was for Breland to – not Breland, a dancer to – like you said, engage in front of a in front of the the line again, and and uh, um, instead 
it looked differently when you watch it on tape. So I, it's like, yes, I, I'm, I, I certainly like the numbers they put out too. And I think it's great, but it's, it's, it's not the end all and be all because they, they aren't sitting in the, the room and knowing what the assignments are before the ball is snapped. They can speculate, but they might not know. Um, well, now that we've trashed, uh, then maybe that's a good place to break. We'll take a, <laughs> take a quick break here on uh, uh, Vikings territory breakdown. And we'll be right back with more talk about what's ahead. <clears throat> okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, Vikings got a little lucky that T.J. Watt went out so early too, don't you think? Well, they were. I mean, uh, he was. It's kind of nice for them to him on the for the Vikings to have him on the field on that twenty-nine yard touchdown run where Blake Brand Brandle uh, goes out and just. Seals the seals the edge and, and TJ Watt. I don't know if I don't know if TJ Watt was hurting at that point, uh, but I mean that's another one where a lot of people could have walked to the end zone for twenty nine yards. Yeah. Uh, so TJ, I don't. Uh, I mean TJ is a great player, obviously great pass rusher, uh, but like the rest of the Steelers in the first half, he, it was a no show, uh, and you know the run. The, he was part of the problem with the run defense because. That if you go back and watch that play, how easily he's blocked by the the Vikings third, well, basically it's the third tackle that they bring in quite a bit on running plays. Um, you know, I want to mention that uh, uh, we had a little boom and bust with the the field goal kicker uh, Greg Joseph. He missed a, a field goal and an extra point to start the day, didn't he? And then finished with four field goals after. Am I thinking that was that this week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he he. Has, so it's four points in the first uh, probably six minutes or whatever. Uh, and I just remember thinking, like, okay, uh, you know, if, if this could, if this Zimmer's downfall could, could be traced back to a kicker missing four points in four or five minutes, uh, you know, that's been kind of the Achilles' heel. But you know, the kid, I, I, I like him because these these things don't seem to linger now. Right. He makes it, you know, he should have made the field goal. It, it, the, the, the biggest miss of the year for him, obviously, is that missing that Arizona, you know, changes a lot of things. I think it, who knows, he makes that field goal in Arizona and they suddenly you get more confidence at the end of these games and it's not this snowball effect. Uh, but I like how he bounces back. You know, he'll, you know, if you're, if you're not tough enough mentally, you don't go through that with your second week of your, with your new team and then, you know, do all the things he's done since then. So it's okay that they don't have Daniel Carlson who just got a new contract from the Raiders. Huh? Well, and, and after he got, after he got the new contract, he missed, uh, of course it didn't matter because he got killed. Uh, I'll teach you for dancing on a logo before a game in Kansas city. Uh, 40, I think the chiefs uh, would have, uh, or probably wanted to play five quarters and uh, just keep beating on them. Uh, but yeah, he missed, he missed an extra point in that game, but yeah, it's, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel did all right for himself after, uh, after leaving here. Yeah. Uh, for me, the field goals are open up another point where the, the Vikings, this game could have been even a bigger blowout than it was. I mean, if, you know, there's four points could have tacked on in the first half there yet. And, uh, they had at one point, I mean, in the second half, you know, they didn't, you know, Kirk, I think, completes three passes in the entire second half. One was a big one for sure. But first and goal at the four in the third quarter, and they only get three points out of it. It's you, you can't have that in now or ever. I mean, especially as you head towards playoffs, you've got you've got to finish those drives and score. I mean, that's obvious. We know that. But uh, it seems to happen a lot uh, that this uh, – uh, this offense is good. It's great. Sometimes between the twenties, but you get inside the red zone and they, and they struggle a little bit because that 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 could have ended up hurting them big time. Yeah, you wouldn't think so when it's uh, uh, like they settle they, they settle for a twenty nine nothing lead. Uh, you, you're thinking, okay, that's that's uh, that's all right. But that's that's the one of that that third down is where I thought that Jefferson should have run a better route there and given Kirk because there was room to the outside. I thought. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 the NFL where where so many so many plays that can affect how things uh, end up later in the game, and it's what's why we continue to watch it, and certainly why I continue to watch the Vikings because uh, no lead is safe, and I and I, and I 
wanted to say is I said, why would why would anybody, especially the NFL or the Vikings, want to get rid of Rick and Zim? Because yeah, tell me that this is not the most entertaining team in the NFL. Who keeps you in your seat longer than the Vikings? You know, who makes you drink more of that stadium beer than the Vikings? And, and who makes Joe Buck and Troy Aikman happier by having a game to call in the second half? These guys are entertainment. They're money. You know, I mean, uh, everybody's talking about the Vikings and, and their poor fan base and how how crazy this season has been. It 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 it's it boggles my mind. But you know, uh, I think it's still. Uh, you know, the hot seats are still hot out there for those two guys, and people continue to talk about it. Uh, you say, why? Uh, you got to win more than you lose. Uh, that's, a, that's a real good well, recipe for, uh, for, yes. uh, for keeping your job. Uh, you can be exciting all you want, but uh, what are they? The one, in the one-score games, they're, what, five and seven now or whatever it is? Or, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just it, it's it's crazy. You got to win games. It's the same criticism people have of of Kirk Cousins. You know he's got great numbers, and but not the biggest number, which is winning games. That's that's certainly true. I I, I mentioned this to you. I saw this online recently at Zimmer's presser on Friday morning after the game. He came on and he was he looked he looked uh, really down downcast a little uh even kind of choked a little bit when he was speaking you looked you know people were speculating that he was in tears before he came out to the presser and and uh i'm just gonna throw that out there so you can uh settle that debate for for us all because uh you were there so take her away mark uh, yeah so so zimmer the, the crustiest 65 year old orneriest iron man coach uh He's been through everything, personally and professionally. He was crying before before the presser. That yeah, is that what they're saying? He was. He got the word that he's going to be gone at the end of the season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so if do they not know Zim? Like say say Zim was told before that presser that okay, hey Mike, you got you got four more games. Do you think Mike Zimmer would have cried? <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer would have dropped about four hundred f bombs. You know, probably trashed every every window in the building or whatever. You know, I'm saying it's, that's, ah, come on now, but super to put it in perspective and, and, and get some context. Um, he come, well, first of all, he, he was obviously very um, fixated on the second half and, and how his team melted down. So my guess looking at him is he didn't sleep because that's just kind of his nature. He, he, he is the old school sleep in your office type of guy. Uh, he, he sounded like he was sick. I mean, yeah. if, I, if, I, if any of the rest of us sounded like that, we probably would have had, you know, cotton swabs up the nose to make sure we're okay. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, we all know Zimmer's history with his eyes. I mean, one reason he wears, he'll wear sunglasses on different times is because of his eyes. And well, when you're sitting in that chair, and I've did, I did it, I've done it before with at the Vikings facility in Winter Park, where like on NFL Network, so you are absolutely blinded by these lights that are in your face and it's hard to see well he they were so high that uh, he, he was asking bob hagan he's like yeah can we turn these things down because i got something in my eye and um so they turned them down and but yeah it's uh it, I, you know i don't see a lot of this stuff that you talk about because it's just so asinine that it's not worth the time oh it's uh, me it's me then yeah, yeah. well they it's Mike Zimmer was crying because he was told he was, he was fired before the, you know. Uh, yeah, you made a right. good point. You know, I don't want him to go anywhere. I, I do like Zim, and I, you know, uh, I, I, I think if anybody you could feel like could still pull this out and and make the playoffs and maybe do a run, it's him. If he gets his defense figured out, because that is on him. But if he does get fired. Boy, would that be something to see <laughs> happening? He had a press conference before the last game when he had gotten the word. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you I, I, quite a, sh a shit show, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's not how it's going to go down. I, you know, Zimmer's not—he's no dummy. Uh, Spielman's no dummy. They—they they know that their you know their bacon is uh, about an inch above the fire right now, and you know, I I believe that they do have time to to bring it out. I I don't. Yeah, I look at the NFL, and I think that so many people think that if you're not, you know, if you're not the ten-win team at this point, or you're you're not the Packers with a 
future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, then he should fire everybody. You know, this is a, this is an interesting battle that, you know, the, the, the Lions game, you look at the Lions game, you know, you know, people should fire him right there. Well, you know, what if they win five in a row? They, they very well could win five in a row. They could lose five in a row. To me, it's just let it play out. Give it a chance. Give it a chance to see what's going on. If you look at the fact that there's five, six, and seven teams there, uh, you know, yeah, get into the bottom of the playoffs. Uh, you know, and, and these teams turn around so quickly. At one point, the, the Dolphins were one and seven. They're six and seven. Uh, Washington at one point was two and five, you know, they're six and seven, uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're very capable of winning out, but they're also capable of doing what we've seen and, and not doing it. But my point is let it play out, let it happen before you decide what to do. Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, it, teams fortunes go up and down so quickly and so often in this league. I mean, it's like a, it's like that kind of a, 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 a uh, chart that we'd be seeing. I mean, at first the first the Cardinals are world beaters, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals hit a, hit us hit a slump and lose a couple games, and they're down, and then someone else is up, and then then the Cardinals came back and they're the best record in the league, and then well, last night they get beat by get beat by uh, the Rams, so now you know they're not again. So that, that's just the way it is. But uh, um, let's let you know what I want to do is talk about the Bears game and the NFL after this. So we'll take a quick break. Vikings territory breakdown and be right back. Oh, I'm so rested after that long break. God, that's great. Thanks, Mark. Uh, we're back at Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. And uh, first, let me let's hit on the Bears, and then we'll talk a little bit of what we saw in the NFL this week. We've touched on a little bit of it, but we can always blather on some more. Um, got the Bears coming in. They got their tails handed to them by the uh, Packers this weekend as we thought they would you know at first the first half they came out there and they played really strong they played they played them tough and and like you said uh, Aaron Rodgers probably went back into the room and and said okay I guess we got to play now and came up because all of a sudden things went he, he said he says I, I I'm a team owner down in Chicago so I need to do something about that and so anyway uh who do you think we're going to get? Uh, it should be uh, Justin Fields playing quarterback for him. I mean, Andy Dalton was playing and he got hurt, and Fields played against the Packers. So I think it's still going to be Fields, right? Is that? What you yeah, think? they said like a bruise of his his left non throwing hand. Uh, yeah, I think they'll see him if I'm the Vikings. Of course, they lost uh, they lost Andy Dalton last year when he was with the Cowboys, um, but Fields is probably the guy you want to see because. Still young enough that uh, I mean he's an exciting player, makes a lot of good plays, but he also turned the ball over three times, led to 14 points, including a pick six uh, to help the Packers out in that game. Um, but yeah, what the, what they're going to get is you know the Vikings are going to get you know they always get Chicago's best punch. It's it's sort of a as much as like the Packers have confidence against the Bears, the Bears. Are five and one against the Vikings uh, since Matt Nagy's been there. Uh, the Vikings did win there last last year in Chicago, but you know, it, and it seems like I, I, someone needs to, to count up the number of Monday or uh, Monday night or Sunday night games. I can't remember the last time I went to Chicago and just covered a noon game. So uh, it helps Chicago that uh, you know it, it's always it seems to be a prime time game uh, now. You know, there's only one, there's probably only, well, there's two seats hotter than Zimmer's probably. Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville, which I think everyone is, even Urban Meyer has to know he, he's done. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy, who, Matt Nagy, who probably knows he's done. Uh, so, you know, when teams get in that situation, they tend to like want to, you know, end up wrecking the, the seasons of other teams around them, which the Vikings have been in that situation before too. Yeah. Um you know, as far as fields goes, that's Zimmer loves the scheme against uh, he starts doing something forward and starts, you know, uh, disguising a number of blitzes or, or you know, uh, defensive schemes and what have you. That's going to be trouble for, for fields. He's, he's probably going to have probably a lot of stuff he hasn't seen before. So that might be kind of fun for, for Zim. Yeah. It's just, a, he's one of those guys now where, you know, you got to make sure you, 
you do it the right way. You have someone spying him. I don't know if that's Anthony Barr uh, or what, but, uh, you know, he can, when things break down is when he can really hurt you. Now, can, can you do that over the course of four quarters without making making mistakes? Uh, that's what's hard for rookies to do, unless you're Mac Jones and you're put into a situation that's ideal and you have the perfect coaching staff and the system and everything that works for you. Uh, you know, Fields doesn't have that in Chicago. It's, uh, you know, Fields was picked. Uh, unfortunately for Matt Nagy, you know, Fields is going to blossom probably under the uh, whoever replaces it. Um, uh, when Joe Johnson and I did this this uh, podcast a couple years back, we had Chad Greenway on and talking about his Great Duck Vodka. You know, it's worthwhile having for a podcast and everything else, right alongside your Mankato beer. But. Uh, uh, he talked about we talked about uh, strange stuff that happens at Soldier Field, and and Chad alluded to it. He was right there with he goes, yeah, it's just weird things happen to the Vikings down there. They've they've lost in strange ways and on strange nights. They seem to play Halloween night a lot of times for some reason. <laughs> I've seen that at one. least once. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you have you seen that that uh, have, have you noticed that just things are for the Vikings are just weird ways to lose down there? Well, considering it was what how many years three years ago that uh, Mike Zimmer poked his eye and had to have, you know, end up couldn't see and uh, Norv Turner quits the next morning. And uh, so, yeah, you're, you you do see a lot of very strange. It's just strange. And, you know, uh, Tice always made it like, I call it the tough guy town. You had to win a tough guy town. Um, One of the, uh, the first time I ever saw Randy Moss lose on a play was when peanut Tillman went up on a 50, 50 ball and pulled it out of Randy's hands and uh, in Chicago uh, when they lost. And, you know, I, that might have happened to Randy maybe uh, probably less than you can count on one hand. Maybe that was the only time uh, where someone, you know, Peanut Tillman was a, was a really good player too. Randy's a great player. Uh, but, you know, you saw that. It's like, wow, it, Randy just had someone pull the ball out of his hands. Uh, and, he, and he also saw some, uh, I believe there was a 36-33 overtime. They might have won that game. Uh, it, you know, there's been some good ones down there. Adrian, in his rookie year, I think, ran for 210 yards down there. Um, yeah, so you've seen some good ones. You've seen, but been a lot of bad ones in the last, you know, 15 years or so. So that that one where Zimmer uh, hurts his eye and Tur- Norv Turner quits. Would you say the next morning that Zim and Turner didn't see eye to eye on things? Not 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 in that eye. No. Could you say that? Or any eye at that point. Sorry, I had to get that out there. Uh, Montgomery, the running back, is back and playing well. Is back healthy, and, and it sounds like they might get Akeem Nix back uh, on their defensive line, which in the past has been difficult for the Vikings' offensive line to protect. I I, I, I thought the, the uh, Vikings' offensive line had a great game last week, and they're getting stronger and they're getting better. Ezra Cleveland's playing well. Um, uh, you know the alignment with Cleveland. Uh, uh, Garrett Brad, uh, I can't think of his name. The center, Bradbury, yeah, Bradbury, and then Mason Cole, uh, played well on the inside, opened some holes, and then you got, of course, O'Neill on the outside. If uh, if Darisaw comes back, do you think they supplant Udo and and that becomes <laughs> the line for the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, Udo, hey, I mean. Darisaw is a better player. You know, yes. Head and, head and shoulders above. But I mean, they wouldn't uh, switch and, back to the way they had it before. Uh, out. Yeah, that, that's a, that's possible. I mean, there was one uh, there was one play where uh, Kirk, um, I, I made a note of it here, uh, a play to, to Jefferson, I believe, where Kirk has to throw quick, too quick, because uh, Cole gets beat badly inside. Uh, not saying, you know, he had a lot of good, good plays as well, but, um, you know, like Udo has the holding penalty there at the end that was, you know, hurt him. So, yeah, if Darisaw comes back, Darisaw's left tackle, and I, I would not be surprised if Udo's back at, at right guard, but um, there is an awful lot of penalties that they're dealing with with him. So, um, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, you just cut out a little bit there, so I didn't know if you'd kept talking, but uh... – uh, I struck up a conversation myself. Anyway, is yeah, there? Uh, I got I got you cut now too. So I don't know what to fix this together. Um, 
Good. It's not me just from sleep deprivation. That's good to know. Uh, here's primetime national TV game. Is Kirk over that crud? Or is this where is this where this crazy 2021 season comes to an end for Minnesota on the on the in the dirt of Soldier Field where crazy things have happened? Well, he just he just won one. You what do you got dementia? He just won one. That's why I'm asking. This is the thing about you know the with not having context with some of this stuff. Okay, so Kirk, you know, gets ripped for that second half. Even though I that the pass to KJ to me, I I, I cannot dismiss that as ah uh, you know. Well, he had one play, you know. Uh, <laughs> they went to Los Angeles about uh, three or four years ago. They lost 38-31, so that's a loss for Kirk primetime Monday night. You know, Kirk can't win Monday night. Well, Kirk had a great game. But Jared Goff has five touchdown passes, a perfect passer rating, and they win by they, – and they only win by seven. So, to me, it's like, uh, yeah uh, – you can put a lot of this on the quarterback. You have to, but you just can't blindly, you know, it's just not black and white, you know, uh, right. I think he's nine, nine and 17 now in primetime games. You know, if I want to like hang, you know, all my trust in that, I, I got to see all, you know, 26 games and see, see a little, a little context. Yeah. Well, that, that would require effort and research and, you know, no, and, yeah, it's better just to say the record and, yeah. and that's it's, it. You can't play on, you can't play in prime time. You can't play in, in, uh, on national TV, blah, blah, blah. I get sick of that. It used stuff. to be on grass. It used to be on grass or turf. Well, now it's, everything's kind of the same, but, uh, yeah, I was like, I never bought that stuff either. So what's your prediction? Then? Wow. Because uh, last week, Last week, I, cha- I ended up changing week. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you picked the Steelers, and that's what I wanted to ask you. What did you see? What you last week you picked the Steelers on this podcast, and then later in the week when you had to write for the Star Tribune, maybe maybe that's where your more important predictions are. But no, I'm saying, what did you see between those two? I, the, the Vikings got some players back. That might it's been. the it's to me it's the it, you can't really quantify it because it it is so much the just the up and down of a season. And this team is, is right there with, I mean, even the good teams like Buffalo is up and down, up and down every week, you know? Um, So to me, it was like, I just didn't see them, their, their season ending. It's I I think kind of think that the season ends, if they lose, they lose that and they go to five and eight. Yep. Um, I I just feel like they had, and the one thing I will say, you know, Zimmer could end up getting fired. If they don't make the playoffs, he probably will get fired. But I do not buy that he's lost the team at all because of the way that they play. Now they don't play; they're not crisp all the time, or they're not. They may have lulls, but uh, you know they're still fighting and still playing hard for a, you know. So he hasn't lost the players, and I've just felt that it was kind of be kind of a, a rebound up for them. Didn't feel that or hadn't thought about it. Actually, that's the, I, the pick is like the last thing I think about whenever we do it, like right after the game. So. Um, yeah, I, I like them to win this, this time. I'm not sure, not sure why. Cause it has a feeling of, you know, like the crazy Chicago disappointments, but, um, I also like the fact that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be playing really hard and I think harder than the bears. And I, I just, I'm guessing Joe, I'm just stumbling, but I'm guessing what, I don't wait. I, I like that you admit that that uh, you know because everybody we're all guessing. Yeah, we don't know what yeah, we we're all about. are. But it's just not everybody admits that. You know, they just say, "Oh well, oh, I think this." And so, therefore, I'm going to say, not only are the Vikings are going to win, they're going to win by more than one score, and they're no. going to win before the last drive. Damn it! Well, it. it uh, people who still work for daily newspapers will thank you for that prediction, uh, or either that, or you jinxed us. <laughs> um, on to the NFL. On to the NFL. Um, you know the Packers are now the top team in the league. Who cares? Don't even want to talk about them. Uh, you know, Dallas starting to appear a little bit healthier, and maybe you know getting healthy for the long. I don't like that team. I don't know. Dak Prescott is not the same player he used to be. And um, I don't think, uh, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's hurt. I mean, what, what do you th- think of the Cowboys? Because they're, you know, people are just going to start talking about them since they put a couple wins together and, and they got NFC East teams to play. So the, re- the remainder of their team. So 
Well, yeah, you know, uh, Micah. First of all, there, Micah Parsons is. Uh, I mean, I, I'm yeah. going to wait. I'm going to wait more than 13 games to call him Lawrence Taylor, but because uh, he's already been he's already been called Lawrence Taylor. Uh, but you look at it. There's going to be a day when people say he was drafted 10 spots behind Zach Wilson. Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> the quarterbacks obviously went one through four, yep. and which really helped a team like the Cowboys get a guy like this outside the top 10. Um, and then you have Gregory and you have Lawrence, their pass rushers. Um, this, this defense is so much better than, than what they put on the field last year. And um, yeah, but offensively Prescott, since he hurt his calf, doesn't seem to be the same, but it's there. It's going to come. It's, you know, he's a, he's a great player. Uh, I, I sort of, I like where the Cowboys are going and uh but you know the Packers to me are the are the best team in the in the NFC and but you do have you know the Cardinals and the Cowboys and some some teams right there. Now to me it's like the the Vikings can sneak in that six or seven spot, seven spot and you go I mean you got a chance you go to whoever this second you go back to Arizona or you go to Green Bay. Uh you know A you beat one of those teams and you should have beat the other one. So you can't tell me that just getting in at the seventh spot there isn't so, there isn't value to that because right. it, you can go and win these games. Uh, and the Vikings are one; they're, they're the next team up in the hunt. You know, right out they're the eighth eighth seed seeded team in the NFC right now. They're behind Washington with the same record, but Washington has a better conference record. That that'll all even itself out, I, I guess, as they continue to play these games. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can surpass them. And I'd like to see them catch San Francisco and keep winning games, but that they're starting to play well too. Um, last night we saw the Arizona uh, Cardinals and the Rams on Monday night, and it was a, a good game. I, I'm, I'm really more, you know, I, I think uh, Kyler Murray is, is great, but he's not completely ready yet for the, for this, for this moment, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that continues to go. They've, they've got some good pieces. They've got great receivers on offense and Connor is a good, good uh, running back and their defense is pretty good too. But the one that surprises me, I, I don't understand the Rams. The Rams seemed like they should be set to make a run and they played well last night. And maybe it's up. It, it, it hinges on how well Stafford plays. I don't know. But uh, because they've got a great defensive line that just wreaks havoc on you know in uh, uh, on quarterbacks and they should they should be better than than their record is even even though they're like the third seeded team or whatever. Yeah, I mean the Rams uh, till last night since like from like week three or four when they beat I think Arizona to last night they were like I. I forget all the teams, but they were like zero and five, zero and four against bad teams right. or good teams, and five and zero against good, uh, terrible teams. So they were just kind of beating who they should and losing to you know. Te- a lot of it goes back to that, I think that Tennessee game where they lost, uh, and then just, just they hit a streak there where they they lost a few in a row. Um, but yeah, they're they, they're like a lot of these. You know, I wouldn't call them the dream team like the like the Eagles put together the one year decades ago where you're just going to roll them, roll them out there and then win. Uh, they're all in They're You know, uh, they, they made all these moves. They traded for Von Miller at the deadline. They have everything they need right there, but you know, they have to do it. And last night they did it. So, uh, but typically when teams are like, all think they're all set to go to win it all, then they, they get beat. Uh, you 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 said across this point to me. Uh, uh, um, Casey's defense might be the story of the year. Sixty five points allowed in a six game winning streak. Yeah, and that, that that they all of a sudden look pretty tough in the in the AFC with uh, teams like the Bills that are floundering a little bit. Certainly, there's the Patriots again, but uh, suddenly Casey seems to be catching their stride again, and it, it kind of hinges on that defense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who who thought you'd be saying that like seven weeks ago, seven eight weeks ago, that uh, you know Kansas City's defense is the story in Kansas City right now, and and obviously Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's not going to go away. He's starting to turn it around. That offense, you know, is going to be there, and that defense coming 
really coming out of nowhere, uh, putting it together with Steve Spagnolo. It's, uh, it's been impressive to watch and you, you to have, uh, you know, 65 points and, and not in six games and not have anyone score more than 17. And, and that stretch is just amazing considering just how bad this defense has been right. uh, before that, even this year. And who's, who's the defense? It's Spagnola, did you say? Is the yeah. yeah. Yep, Spagnola. Yeah. Um, here's another Mark Craig nugget. No playoff spot clinched through 14 weeks. Only the third time that that's happened since 1978. Obviously, the 17th game makes a difference. Yeah, that's an NFL nugget I just read this morning. So uh, the, the Cardinals would have done it last night had they won. Uh, so yeah, you're seeing – I mean, in the AFC, everyone's got four losses. NFC, um, you have all these seven loss teams that are still fighting for the playoffs. Um, it's it's exactly what the NFL wants. It's all bunched together. There's an extra week to, for everyone to make money off of. Um, it's coming down to the, to the wire for all these teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then there's one more number. 36 players tested positive <laughs> for COVID yesterday. And uh, – you, you said yeah. You said you said over the scenario that uh, Vikings could be vying for for to make the playoffs here late, and and on the morning of the Packers Sunday uh, Sunday night game, uh, 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 Kurt comes down with COVID, and uh, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a typical Vikings thing? He should have natural immunities now that he's already been on the COVID list. For <laughs> Isn't that how that works? <laughs> yeah, it was a close contact. That the, oh. the Vikings didn't have the Vikings didn't have a big enough uh, meeting room for him. Yeah, I've been waiting uh, for this to drop all year. But a, a, actually, actually, if, no, and I wrote about this on Sunday. Was in addition to everything else that a head coach has to deal with now, you're a head coach. You sit, you know, you make it through a game without injuries. Like uh, one of those 36 players was was uh, was uh, Alexander Madison. You know, pretty good backup running back to Dalvin Cook, who, you know. Uh, might need some some rest on uh, in this game. So you have that situation, and now you have COVID on top of everything else. And now, like, you know, Zimmer's sitting in a meeting room, and he's got, you know, Sugarman saying, hey, this guy tested positive, or this guy's a close contact. Gotta, you lose him. So Zimmer said that's, that's just kind of another annoying part of his day. So I got to think, you know, you, know, you could see a situation where, you know, you're going, you go to Green Bay, and uh, or this is – for any team in the league, you know, you're going down the stretch, you're, you're try, fighting for the playoffs, your quarterback's out. I mean, they've already lost – Aaron Rodgers has missed a game. Roethlisberger's missed a game. And uh, But with Vikings fans, I mean, if there's a new way for – is there, is there any new way to, to add scar tissue to you poor people? Uh, maybe the kicker – and we shouldn't make light of this, but the, what if the kicker gets COVID uh, on the eve of the Packers game or something? I mean, it's just – you have that extra layer of of suspense of like because a lot of these guys are getting it they're not having any symptoms or they're they're out um, you know and and the protocols if you don't if you're not vaccinated you know, it's ten days it's not test if you're vaccinated it's you got to test negative within outside of twenty four hours of each other which makes it a heck of a lot easier to get back in than it does if you're if you're not vaccinated so. You know, it's just another thing to think about that, you know, you know, at some point around the league, the way that we just saw the spike yesterday with the 36 players, it's going to happen to some big name players down the stretch. It would be, as they say on Twitter, the most Vikings thing ever to happen. If that scenario comes true, you know, it's, it's funny with Madison out, you know, the Vikings signed Wayne Gallman who from Atlanta, but played for the, the Giants even before that. So they got another running back in there, which means they aren't aren't ready for Kane Wangu to take over <laughs> as the back. Well, he, no, I would say that that you know, he, I mean, you got to have you got to have three right. guys. I, I'd see, I would see Kane's gonna get some. He's gonna get some play. Uh, you yeah. know, he deserves it. He's he's a fantastic talent, and he's gonna get his time. But uh, yeah, and that's the one position where you know. You can find guys and plug them in and get a lot out of a running back. Uh, you may not get Dalvin Cook, but you're going to get an NFL caliber player because there's a lot of them. 
they got it. They got to get somebody to spell Cook because, you know, granted, it, I think last week was an anomaly for him to go through and have that many carries and that much yardage and that much play and not re-injuring that shoulder. It's, you know, it, it's only a matter of time. It's just like getting COVID, a matter of time that someone's going to – star is going to get – if they keep playing him a lot, a lot going forward, he's going to get hurt again. Just, just yeah. It, it helps helps that he has ten days. Uh, not only do you play a Thursday nighter, but then you you play the Monday night, the Monday night game after that, which is a nice. I won't, I won't call it a, a another bye week, but it's another really good break at this time of year for for your schedule. Yeah, hopefully they'll get feeling back somehow, at least to get out there and be a distraction or a or a or a whatever you call it, just something to to uh, uh, keep the pressure off of Jess and Jefferson as well. But regardless, the Vikings are going to tee it up Monday night in Chicago at Soldier Field, and it's going to be another big game. You know, season's on the line all the way the rest of the way because everything's so tight. You know, if you, don't, if you aren't winning games, you're going to be dropping precipitously. So um, here we go. Um, Mark, thanks a lot. I uh, want to thank all our uh, sponsors here on Vikings Territory. I want to thank all the folks that that are listening to the podcast and watching it. And I want to thank Mike Waldem in the background for us. And uh, thanks to Joe Johnson, who started all this. Joe, I wanted to say, here's here's looking at you. We need, need, need you to help us out on Monday night. So, skull. <laughs> 